Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Mike McEwen here on this Sunday evening, October the 7th, 2018, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is your weekend dose of happy, and Mike's sitting in uh, for his wife, Anne-Marie, who is uh, trying to wrap things up, at the, I think, at the Buttonwood. And uh, so he's going to sit in for a few minutes and get the conversation started. Anne-Marie will be along as soon as she can be. But, uh, Mike, thanks for volunteering to sit in tonight. That's been great. Hey, Walt. Thanks for... Uh... Thanks for having this podcast and uh, the ability for us to tap into this mindfulness and help us guide through the uh, the world of law of attraction. So thank you and thanks to all the listeners out there that are listening in to to make a difference in their lives and to practice the mindset of the law of attraction and and self help. So yes, yeah, it's I'm a cool thing, isn't it? Tonight. Yeah, it, it's a cool thing that, that there are so many people who are on the same general wavelength. We're all trying to uh, get into that good, happy place. We're all trying to get into that place mm-hmm. where we're attracting the best and, you know, getting the most out of our life, making the life as abundant as we can make it. I mean, that's what the show is all about. And it's about uh, supporting our listeners in that endeavor and talking about our own experiences with it as well. So yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a terrific thing. And and you came up with the topic today. I have to give you credit for the topic You're, because the topic is, where's okay. my stuff? <laughs> And that's that's why the question <laughs> that's a question a lot of people ask, particularly you know in early stages when we're still learning how all this stuff works, and even in later stages too. I mean, you know, especially with the quote harder stuff, right? The bigger stuff. Um, Abraham Hicks yeah. teaches that uh, it's e- as easy to manifest a castle as it is to manifest a button, but uh, most of us find buttons easier than castles. <laughs> it's a funny thing how that works. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, it sure takes a defined focus to, to stay tuned in with it. And uh, right. for me, Walt, I recognize that uh, it's patience. I'm, I'm not a very patient person. And well, I, I'm, I'm getting better at my patience now. I, I recognize some characteristics about myself that that I need to, uh, let's say, change some old habits and and allow the art of allowing to unfold. And, and that's where I seem to trip up more than I want to admit to, and is in that area of patience. Now, I'm going to ask an obvious question. What exactly do you mean by patience? Do you mean being patient with yourself? Do you mean being patient waiting for something to show up? Do you mean being patient in some other way? What do you mean? Well, you know, we hear these uh, these, these phrases like in divine time and in due time, and, you know, things happen in its own time, and and sometimes I don't feel I feel I wanted to have it now, <laughs> so, so it's, in, 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 in its right time, and and so and I get impatient with with that, and and it's proved itself to me time and time again when manifestations did occur in my life that it did happen in its own time, and it happened because I allowed it to happen in its own time. But I recognize the things that are not happening. I'm preventing it from happening because I'm impatient waiting for it and then it's like i take it away from myself and now i gotta go back to zero and start the manifestation process all over again that's what it feels like to me sometimes when i'm you know, working on manifesting something in my life and i seem to be going along really well with it and staying aligned with how i feel about it and excited about it and then time goes on well it's not here yet and it seems like in that moment, I take it away from myself and I go back to zero. Okay, I'm going to start feeling excited for it again and and knowing that, you know, trusting in the universe that it's going to happen and not realizing that it really is going to happen in its, in its right time. And I seem to run out of patience. And that's that's one of the char- one of the things that I see that happens in my manifestations. It's just not being patient, uh, being patient. Basically, you're being patient with yourself in a sense because you're describing a cycle that we all kind of go through where we get excited about something and then the doubt starts to creep in and then we try to build it back up again and the doubt creeps in and we build it up back again. Yeah, so it's more being patient with yourself rather than with anything else because you're the one who's who's riding the roller coaster, right? (laughs) (laughs) I've created the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. So it is being patient with yourself in the process of, of manifestations and, and understanding that you really have to stay excited for it and, and feel like you already have it. And 
it's a little tough sometimes to feel like you already have it when you're looking around and there's no indications of that. <laughs> um, it's an, that it's is an interesting key. point that Abraham Hicks makes. So they make the point, and I don't remember which book it's in, but they make the point that they don't recommend patience, interestingly enough. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do know that. <laughs> I do know that. Um, but it just seems for me that that's what happens to me. And I don't, you know, I don't know who else, you know, out there that's practicing this, that they seem to be going through the same thing. I just thought it would be a topic that we could talk about and maybe find some, some little things we can do to overcome this, this doubts and fears in that moment and realize that, uh, I mean, for instance, okay, uh, when you write out a check and that you have to pay a bill and you, you write the check out, you know that there's money in the account. You have the envelope, you put the check in the envelope, the stamp is on there, you put it in the mail, and that's it. It's a done deal. You don't worry about it. It's gone. Mm -hmm. You know, you paid that bill. But I, I think I need to know more of that when I put my desire out there in the universe and believe that that, that same process will happen. My desire is out there. It's in the universe, and I'm in line with it. I'm going to stay in line with it, and it will come into my experience because that is the law. And maybe I'm just not trusting in that enough, and, and I lose my patience in that. And then it's, it just seems like that process just keeps repeating itself. Well, yeah, I think you uttered the right More word time. there. The, the key word is trust, because what you're really saying is right. trusting in the law of attraction being true, trusting in yourself right. to have uh, properly aligned yourself so that it, it's going to arrive, and then trusting it's actually going to arrive. Now, it, there's, trust is a, is a big, big thing that goes on in all of our minds. And again, that's where it comes down to, is it as big as a button or is it as big as a castle? The, the bigger it is, the less that our trust seems to, to, to be there, the more distrust we seem to have. And I, mm. I think it's probably yes. largely because of the, the training that we get in our society and in all societies, really. All societies have some similar training in a sense. But we all get trained. We get trained that, uh, well, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. And, uh, you know, what do I look like? Do I look like Rockefeller? You know, do you think I'm made of money or something <laughs> like that? You know, right. or, you know, it, it's like all these little aphorisms and, and beliefs and, and societal patterns and so forth. And they all add up to essentially the same thing, lack. It's all about lack. Lack. You know, so when, so when we're really, what we're really saying when we, are waiting for something to show up and we're getting impatient and we're not really trusting is that we're focusing on the lack. Mm -hmm. And in exactly. that focusing on the lack, we find ourselves in a place of not feeling good because that lack doesn't feel good. It's an interesting no. thing. Unless it's like, you know, lack of being hit on top of the head, but you know, <laughs> most lacks don't feel so good. <laughs> Maybe I should no, qualify. No, lack <laughs> it's a lonely feeling right there, lack. <laughs> Where is my stuff? Um, yes, and then also, you know, identity theft and who do we trust? And so trust is the key word. Uh, I agree. And trusting in the universe and trusting that it can happen, it will happen um, in uh, divine time, its own time. And it proved itself to me, even the, the story that I have in the book about how the money showed up, for us to be able to rent the house that we live in now. I mean, a lot of things had to line up for that money to show up three days before we had to cut the check to sign the lease. Mm -hmm. And that's another, yeah, it's another thing that just proved to me that, you know, in, in its own time, it happens. And, and you, I know this, but. <laughs> do you feel like retelling that story a bit? Cause that, that's a good story to, to share about concern about whether something's going to show up. Oh, sure. Uh, I, that's, <laughs> I love that story. It's amazing how that unfolded. Uh, back uh, around four years ago, uh, Anne-Marie and I uh, realized that the, the guy that owned the building that we were living in, the apartment we were renting, said we had three weeks to get out. He, he sold the house. And we knew that he had the house on the market, but the house was in a lot of disrepair and there was a lot of issues. So we, we weren't really too concerned about it selling too quickly, but it sold. And we had three weeks to get out. And mm. so I looked at my bank account and I had about $400 in there. Mm. Um, I had, <laughs> and Anne-Marie's bank account didn't look much better than that. And uh, so we're like, hmm, okay, well, this is interesting. And she's like, no, yeah, don't worry. It's all going to work out. The perfect house will show up. 
you know, it'll be a house by itself. We won't have to live in an apartment with somebody living on top of us and somebody <laughs> below us and all of that. And you're going to have a perfect place in the basement for all your tools and everything you need. And I'm like getting really excited for this house that she's talking about. <laughs> but the other part of me kept going back to the bank account thing. I'm like, well, that sounds really mm-hmm. great. <laughs> so, uh, so we're driving in the car, heading out to, to visit with her parents. And she happens to look over and, and sees a real estate sign on a guy on a lawn. And she goes, Oh, I know that realtor. I'm going to give her a call. So she called the realtor and she goes, yeah, I think there's a house available or a, a place to live. And she goes, I'm not sure if the person's still living there, but this is the address. So Anne-Marie takes it upon herself to go out there and do some investigating on her own. And she went and knocked right on the door of this house that we're living in. And the lady answered the door and she, uh, she gave her a little tour and she came back and she was so excited about this house. Unbelievable. It's everything that I was telling you about. I found our house. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is great. You found our house. And then I'm thinking silently and quietly, right? Did you find the money for the house too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, she kept reminding me, you know, we just have to stay positive about it and the money will show up. I'm like, okay. And I really stayed positive with it and. And the weirdest thing happened, uh, I had sold a contract uh, about a week prior to this going on. And the situation was that I would be starting this contract in about three weeks. You're, you, you're, you're an actual building state. contractor, right? I mean, we should let people know you actually yeah, yeah, you do yeah, housing and so forth. I do construction work, yeah. yeah. I'm a remodeler. So I sold a commercial job, a repair job uh, on an office space. And I said, well, I do have money coming in, but I don't have it right now, but that's okay. I'll just have to stay in positive. And uh, four days before we were ready to sign the lease, I, I received a call from the management company that I signed the contract with. And I said, uh, hey, Mike, uh, uh, you, this has probably never happened to you before. He said, but uh, the building that you're going to be doing the work on, the bank just took it over. And we need to close out all business transactions today. So therefore, that remodel job that we signed the contract with you a week ago, we have to pay you in full for it today, $9,875.83. We have to give you that today before you even start the job. Three days before I had to write the check for $3,300 for our, for our new place to live. And wow. I was like, okay, if you have to, that's great. So <laughs> all of that stuff had to line up for us to be able to, uh, you know, to put enough money down to move into this new space that we live in now. So it has proved itself to me, Walt, and uh, I don't know why I struggle with the belief of the law of attraction and the universe will provide for you sometimes, but uh, guilty, I still do, <laughs> well, even though it has proved itself to me. I, I think what happens is we all have a we all have different thresholds different levels of proof that we need and i think yes i think the the levels include frequency like how often has it happened for some people mm-hmm. if it happens once that's enough it's done for somebody else right. it might be they need to have it happen four or five times for somebody else they need to happen 25 times you know, it's going to vary from person to person, and it's probably going to vary based on you know what it is that they're attracting, what it is that's coming into their lives. But for whatever um, for whatever reason, and a lot of it probably has to do with you know how how long have they been alive, how long have they been living with black, how long have they been frustrated, you know. So, so there's there's a threshold that you kind of have to surpass, and once you get past that, then all of a sudden you really start to feel like, hey, this stuff really is paying off for me. This stuff really does deliver for me. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I also, uh, I, I don't want to say live in the past or, or think about the past much, but I do reflect back on, on certain things that may influence my life and, and how for me being patient with things, uh, can be a challenge. And looking back as a teenager, when I started working in the construction industry as a laborer for a company and, uh, there'd be a foundation and a pile of wood and I was on the framing crew and, and it was, listen, we need to get this frame up. So uh, this house, so the rest of the roofer can come in and all the other parts of the puzzle have to come together. So it was like, we got to get this done and, and big push to make it happen. So I was trained to 
to be a person of making it happen. So to sit back and say that the universe can just provide <laughs> and oh, yeah. the universe is going to make this happen. I, I recognize that geez, that's not my, that's not my makeup. I, <laughs> well, I'm used to just getting my hands in the clay and making it happen. You, you and everybody else. I mean, we are all trained to be doers. <laughs> that, yeah. That's what, that's what society does. It teaches us how to do and how to do it, you know, to right. whatever someone else's standards are usually. But uh, right. yeah, we yeah. Are, we are doers, and we're expected to be doers, and we expect ourselves to be doers. Um, you mentioned patience a lot, and I can understand where you're, what you're talking about. I would like to propose an idea to you, though. I think what we're really talking sure. about here isn't so much patience as it is patience with oneself or sure. loving oneself, because it isn't really about patience about whether the thing's going to show up. It's patience with right. ourselves, with our own. I, I, do I believe in myself enough? Do I believe? In, in what I'm attracting? Do I feel good about what I'm attracting? Am I able to maintain my own vibration? Am I able to maintain mm -hmm. my, my good feeling state? And if I can't, how do I treat myself? That, that, I think Correct. that's what, what the real root is. It's about, we're just, we are really rough on ourselves. It's amazing how rough we are exactly. on ourselves. <laughs> yep. And when you're rough on yourself, you're, gonna, you're, you're going to end up, you know, sabotaging yourself. Yes. That's why it's so important. Yes. To, and, and, that's why it's so important to be, you know, loving toward yourself and caring toward yourself and appreciating all the good things going on in your life and so forth. Because that's how we kind of turn it around and counter uh, all the ways we set ourselves up to fail is by making more time to set ourselves up to succeed by feeling good, by loving ourselves, by saying, you know what, I'm a pretty good guy, or I'm a pretty good woman, or whatever, you know, whoever we are. Yes, exactly, and 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 I and I'm thinking back on on the mirror work, <laughs> and Anne Marie has suggested to me maybe you should uh, talk to Walt about that mirror work. Stuff. It's effective. <laughs> it's very effective. I, I I actually started that experiment not so much for building up my ability to love myself, but more about getting rid of chatter in my head, because I had heard okay. that uh, I think it was Cindy Chavez told me that um, Jack Canfield of Secret Fame, The Secret, the movie. Um, yes. And of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul fame, actually, that's where he's better known, is uh, is a, an advocate of it. And he taught the idea that if you if you do the mirror exercises for a 30 day period, the negative chatter that we end up with in our in the back of our heads, the chatter we have trouble shutting down, it ends up going away. Yes. And so I said, well, I would do anything to get rid of that chatter. So, okay. I mean, I, I never really did good with these 30-day programs, but I'll give it a shot. And I did. And the first day was murder. And the second day was a little bit easier. And the third day was easier than that. But, I mean, the first day was tough because I was not used to the idea of looking in the mirror, looking in my own eyes and saying, I love you. It's like, no, 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 it's too weird. I can't do that. <laughs> But I did. I pushed myself to do it, and I pushed myself to do it for 30 days. And nothing really happened other than, well, that's not entirely true. The first four or five days, what happened is I became desensitized to actually saying it. The first couple of days were rough, but after a few days of it, that went away. And then nothing really happened for about, I don't know, 20 days, something like that, until finally around day 20, I began to notice that the noise was about half the volume that it was before. I said, oh, well, wow. this is making some progress. That's good. I wonder if it'll actually be cleared up in 30 days. And, you know, by the time the day 30 came around, it was gone. And it was an amazing thing wow. because that noise, I'd been so used to all that chatter going on in my head that when it finally went away, it was quiet. It was, like, mm. unbelievably quiet. And I, I could just sit and, you know, not be inundated with all these thoughts that I didn't want to have. I just sat there quietly. Meditation, I didn't need to meditate for very long. In the past, meditation right. wasn't even a, uh, something I could do. Now I just kind of fell into it because there was no more chatter going on. <laughs> yeah, it was. you had a quiet uh, space. You created a quiet space in your head. Exactly, um, exactly. So, so that was really the main reason I did it. The side benefit was actually the main benefit, which was all right. the time I'm telling myself how much I love myself and how much I appreciate myself. And I actually would turn it into like a pep talk. You know, after about day right. 12 to 15, somewhere around there, I turned them into pep talks as well as, you know, saying the basic stuff and getting myself excited about doing my day. And here's what I'm going to be doing during, <clears throat> excuse me, during my day. And 
you know, it was just like a, a pick me up for like, okay, here's how my day's going to go. I was actually mapping out my day just by doing the mirror exercises. But, um, yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, well, so it's I, very effective stuff. I think I may have to uh, jump into the mirror for a little while <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to see if, uh, I, I, well, I found another little thing. Uh, I'm always searching and, and being mindful and, and reading and, I'm a practitioner of Tai Chi, Qigong, and uh, uh, Reiki healing energy, and so in, in, I'm always working on on myself as far as that uh, in that realm. And somehow I came across this saying that really resonated with me. I don't know who wrote it, uh, but I wrote it down because it's really working well for me. And it goes something. It goes like this: It goes, "As you think, you feel." As you feel, you radiate. As you radiate, you create. So when I'm in a moment and I realize that I'm derailing myself, I'm beating myself up because I'm a person of high vision and I set these sometimes really lofty goals. And <laughs> and, and when I don't see it unfolding the way I, in the time frame that I would like it to, then, you know, that process starts that we were talking about earlier. So then I, I I recognize that's the time for me to go back and reflect on what am I thinking right now and what am I feeling about those thoughts and, and what is it that I'm radiating because I'm putting it out there for it to find a a, 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 a component to that to show up in my experience. So I need to change the way I'm thinking right now. So that little phrase has helped me get through some of this, I guess, beating, our, beating myself up over things that I feel that should be arriving in the time frame that I would like them to. Mm-hmm. So I good. just wanted to share that to see if uh, no, know, that stuff. may work for somebody else as well. Yeah. Because, uh, because ultimately what you're doing there is you are describing with that little uh, phrasing uh, the fact that when we start having a thought, the thought builds and it starts to develop its own momentum. That That's what the radiant part really describes. And, and because, right. because it takes like four sentences to go through that little description, you, you actively have some time built in that, that kind of expresses how the more that we focus on something, the more that we build up the momentum behind it and the more powerful it becomes. Abraham talks about how you, um, you want to focus for 17 seconds. And if you focus on a thought for 17 seconds, uh, another thought will manifest out of that one, leading to the next one and the next one. You do that four times through, or 64 seconds, uh, or 68 seconds, rather. Um, if you do that, then it actually starts turning into a physical manifestation. And as long as you don't resist it, that physical manifestation will show up. Although, interestingly enough, uh, Louis D'Souza, who does the Monday Morning Podcast with me, tells me that Abraham has now shrunk that 17-second range down to 14 seconds saying that uh, since Abraham first started talking about 17 seconds, apparently the overall uh, global vibration of human beings on average has improved dramatically over the the years that uh, Abraham has been uh, received by Esther Hicks. So I guess now it's down to Mm -hmm. 14 seconds. So it's 14 seconds for uh, manifesting the next thought, and then I guess that would be 56 seconds for starting the manifestation of a thing. So it's all speeding up a little bit. That, that'll make you feel better. That That's like three seconds left. You have to be patient for every, every single piece of that little thing. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to uh, hone our skills in now a little bit more, <laughs> pay more attention to that. <laughs> so we have 14 seconds to, to get off that rampage and, and get yourself back into alignment. And, yeah, so, uh, so it's actually less time that makes it easier. You don't have to put as much effort in, right? That's right. Boom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is exactly what I love about your podcast that, you know, we can talk things out and, and you know, I, I've listened to a lot of uh, Esther Hicks and, and, and other teachings as well aligned with, uh, with the law of attraction. And it, it, after a while you listen to a teaching and you just hear wah, wah, wah. But when you get the opportunity to talk something out like this, it's, I think it's very powerful. It's a, it's a great thing that you're doing here, Walt. It, uh, and, uh, and the people that come on to your your co-hosts, and they have so much variety to offer the uh, the listeners. This, this is a good thing. Well, yeah, and, I learned that pretty uh, early. If the more perspectives you have involved in the conversation, the more interesting the conversation is. And that's really the the, right. the principle that we run on here with what eight co-hosts now. I have eight co-hosts. I can't believe it. I used to have one. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's growing. It's growing, and more and more people are listening to the podcast. It's great. It is. Yeah, and I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm excited that uh, more people are spending time on mindfulness and mm-hmm. realizing that you know they do have to make some changes in their lives if they want things to change. So it's very exciting, and uh, th- this helps me be able to communicate some of the things that you know. And I've been a practitioner of this for a while. I've had some great successes with it, but I know along the way we still can trip up and to be able to talk that out. And, and then you bringing up the mirror work is, is something that uh, I really, I really think I should consider because. Uh, yeah. Well, mirror exercises I, 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 are so you, easy. I mean, cause actually, you know what the hardest part of a mirror exercise is? The hardest part is after you say the initial, okay, well, I'm going to grin and bear it. And I'm going to say, okay, I love you. Now, what do I say? <laughs> I just said the thing I need to say. And, and and now you're trying to spend as much time as you can because the more time that you're in front of the mirror doing this stuff, the more impact that it mm-hmm. has and the more that it, it uh, positively right. impacts your subconscious mind and, and your conscious mind during the day and so forth. So you want to spend the time on it, but what are you going to say? And ultimately, I find that every day I kind of spin a different yarn. I, I make a different story, okay. so to speak, as I'm talking to myself, usually based on what's going on, you know, what's going on with okay. the day that's what's coming up next, you know, cause that's usually that's what's on your mind, right? What's coming up next. So I try to make it right. something positive about what's coming up next. And then after I've said a few things like that, I'll just go back and I'll repeat. Well, I really do love you. <laughs> you know, I'll try to talk myself into it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, well, uh, I've heard and, and I believe that it's true that you have to hear something seven uh, different times by seven different people. And I've heard a lot about this mirror stuff and now I'm hearing it from you and you just may be the, the seventh person. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're going to take some I'll, action. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll have to take some action on this now and that'll be good. Because uh, I'm, I'm always willing to, you know, try the techniques and, and, and experiment with new ways to for mindfulness and, and to create a better you and, and be able to help somebody else along the way that could be, you know, struggling with some of these issues and uh, realize that, you know, it's just a sl- subtle adjustment one way or the other could mm-hmm. make a big difference for you. It does. With, and, and, and really it's with, it's true with any of these processes because we have lots of different processes that are given to us, right? I mean, we could probably name mm-hmm. a whole bunch of them. Um, meditation is probably the most basic one, but there are like all these little, uh, little games you can play. There are, you know, there's like money games and there's prosperity game and there's, uh, um, I mean, there are like 22 processes in the back of the Abraham Hicks asking it is given book. And you see online, there's like the 55 by five process and the two cups. And there's like, there's endless numbers of these processes to be done. But the one thing that they all right. have in common is they don't do any, They don't do you any good unless you do them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing that I realized because I don't like doing all of them. I don't know about you. I've tried a number of them. No. Some, some of them just don't. I mean, I, I start doing them. It's like, no, 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 this just doesn't feel right. And then there are others that feel good. And I think that's really what it comes down to, trying each one, seeing which ones feel good, see which ones say, oh, no, no, stay away. I'm not going to do that one. And then you know, creating your list, so to speak of you know things that you can do. Like I was in a conversation with Patty Framo, who does the Monday afternoon podcast with me mm-hmm. a few weeks back. Because uh, I was I was having some trouble. I was struggling with some stuff. And she reminded me that, you know, there are all these processes. What I should probably do, she said, is make a list of them and write the list down and yes. then keep it handy where I can refer to it. I thought, that's a great idea. Why doesn't everybody ever suggest that to me? But I'm glad she did. She did suggest it. So right after I got off the phone with her, I just sat down and wrote up a list. I came up with 16 items for my list when I was all done. I said, wow, I have a lot of things I can do to go feel better. So yeah, you know, it, it, it's helpful to have something like that on the side, just kind of waiting for you to remind you that, yes, these are the things that have worked well for me in the past. And they may not be the same thing as what works well for your, for Mike or for Anne Marie or for anybody else, but they are what work well for Walt. So that's Walt's list. And everybody needs to create a list like that. Because if you create a list, if you if you create a list, first of all, it tells you you spend a lot of time trying out practices, so you know which ones you like, which ones you don't like, and that's a good thing. Correct. The other thing you know is you know which ones work for you now, right? That's why it's your list. That's what makes it your list. So, 
And you have that li- list readily available if somebody should say, you say, well, have you I'm tried this? I'm looking at it right now. I'm, yeah. I, I'm looking at it's literally taped to the wall in the office where I do the podcast. So I'm looking oh, at it great. right in front of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a pen in my hand. I think I'm going to start some of my list, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would urge our habits. listeners to do the same thing, too. I mean, it really is worthwhile. If you have done any of the processes that are out there, just sit down maybe after the podcast and make a, a short list. It doesn't have to be real, real long. I mean, I came up with 16, but you, you may not have 16. That's okay. If you have two, great. You've got two. Start the list with just two and then keep trying some other processes. Everyone that you find out about, give them a try. I mean, I actually combined uh, 22 into one because... I included the fact that asking it is given has 22 processes at the back, but I include that as just one. So I actually, instead just of 16, okay. I probably have closer to 43 or something. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you had no idea when you started your list that it was going to end yeah. up like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the power of, uh, of that uh, process when you sit down with the pen in your hand and, and maybe I should sit down and write my desires out and actually put them in an envelope like I do when I send out mm-hmm. a check to pay a bill and, and mail it to the universe. <laughs> you do that. Maybe it'll help strengthen my belief that, you know, hey, it's, go, it's getting there and, and it will come into my experience because that's the law as long as I stay true to and aligned with it. Um, maybe it's the process of writing it down that, that will make the difference for me sometimes. Writing is actually and, important. And the, right? Writing is very important. Yeah. Um, what I've been reading a book that um, – Joel Elson gave me called Success is Not an Accident. And in this book, oh. the, uh, the author of the book is a, or was actually, he's since deceased. He was a professional hypnotherapist. And I believe he was actually a hypnotherapist to the stars because I did a little research and I found that, uh, up until the end of his life, he was married to Florence Henderson, who played the mom in the Brady Bunch. So I'm pretty yeah. sure he was like a hypnotherapist to the stars. And the the methods mm. that he teaches are the methods that he used when he you know helped all these very famous people we've all heard about. So, uh, but anyway, my point is that with his um, with, with with what he had learned, he had he had learned that when we um, well, first of all, we all know about these tapes that we kind of put together in our subconscious minds uh, that that we acquired mm-hmm. from when we were kids, right? And and have acquired throughout our lives ever since then. And stored there. And many of these tapes actually work against us. I mean, you talk about patience. Oh, yeah. you, you talk about how sometimes you're impatient. Sometimes it's like, you know, where's my stuff? Why isn't it showing up? And, and that kind of thing. Well, very often we are working against our own subconscious minds that have stored tapes that say, oh, you don't deserve to have that kind of thing. Or, no, that doesn't happen right. in our family. Or that's not the way we do things. In this school, we do things differently. You know, whatever it is, there are going to be all kinds of tapes in there, many of which are going to work against us. Well, um, right. this guy, his name was Dr. John Kappas. Kappas discovered that essentially you can, you can, you can hypnotize yourself, but you can also get the benefit of hypnotizing yourself without actually hypnotizing yourself. And you, you basically do it wow. through, through writing. So when you say writing, when you talk about journaling, writing actually mm-hmm. is a very powerful way to overwrite the uh, the tapes, the negative tapes that are stored in the subconscious mind. And re- if you write the right stuff, you essentially replace them with positive tapes. And that's basically at the rewrite core of what story. he's doing. You're rewriting yeah, your, rewrite story, your story, literally. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there are scientific studies, he said, that uh, reinforce the idea that handwriting it, it it basically takes whatever it is you're writing down and reinforces it because then you have to read it back to yourself to make sure you got it right. You know, so you got the message right. again. And then later on, if you review it again, now you got the message a third time. So through writing, we actually give ourselves multiple opportunities to reimprint the message on our subconscious minds. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. That's very interesting. Yeah, this is very cool. Now I'm thinking that Anne Marie may have set me up tonight, knowing that I had to call you on this call to <laughs> straighten out some of these things that I've been tripping up with. <laughs> um, yes, because that is important to do so, and I, I'm going to take action on this stuff because uh, I do have some some very lofty goals that I'm working on. Uh, I've been in the construction industry now for over 30 years, and I'm shifting over into a uh, new career and it's uh, 
it's taking its own time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, uh, I am, I'm working on, uh, al- allowing it to unfold and believing that it, it, it will unfold in the way that I'm intending it to unfold. And, uh, can, so, you, can, can you talk at all about what it is you're, you're moving toward? Well, I, I've been studying, uh, Tai Chi and Qigong now and, uh, certified instructor of Tai Chi and Qigong and Reiki healing energy for, for a long time. And I'm, I'm in moving into the healing arts in, in line with helping people through the healing arts and, uh, developing different programs and leveraging other, uh, business entities to enhance my efforts in the healing arts and it some of the stuff that I'm working on seems to be a little ahead of its time because of where we're at in the healing arts what and I'm really excited I mean, what 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 makes it ahead of its time well for people to be able to access what they need to assist them in healing on their own, like we don't have insurance available to pay for it. So a lot of it has to be paid out of pocket and the facilities are starting to show up in wellness centers, but they're still not covering the whole realm of the healing arts and how people can be taught certain things is, you know, even when people get together in color, that's, that's a form of healing, but pulling it all together and putting it into one program where people can get access to it and if they and how we can get insurance companies to pay for things like that or find resources that that people can get to that they can afford um and then just the knowledge to the knowing of you know reiki and how to use it and know that we can use the techniques and heal ourselves with the reiki practice and taking the time to understand and study the art of tai chi and breathing and movements what what is it that Along you find that that's so that's so similar between Tai Chi and Reiki that they they both draw you in because because you're very much drawn into both of them. I mean, you talk about them a lot, all the times that you and me and Anne Marie and Louise are out to dinner. That's one of the main topics mm-hmm. of conversation for you. So they're clearly important to you. But but what are the similarities that they share that that really draw you in that that make you say, yeah, this is what I want to be spending more of my time in my life doing. It's the intention of energy. And, and what you can do with the energy. It's recognizing that we, we have the ability to intend whatever we want to do with this energy and opening up the energetic pathways to allow that to happen in our body. It's kind of like believing in the universe, <laughs> believing in the energy and recognizing it in yourself and knowing how to use it. So there's very similar, similar and parallel things. In, in all of the genres of healing, but Reiki and Tai Chi is really about the activation of the palms and the energetic pathways like I, like I do in Tai Chi, opening up the energetic pathways to breathe and through the slow flowing movements are able to shift my energy from one part of my body to the other and the intention of it. And with the slow movements and the breathing together combined, it happens and very powerful and relaxing the what, same as uh that happens in reiki healing energy what is it about that that, it, that it, you find to be so um desirable what, what why do you think that that's such a great thing because you obviously love the idea of working with the energy but why what is it about the energy that you like so much it's a very simple process once you break it down and it can be taught in a very simple way it's just once you realize it, it's there and how to utilize it, it's very powerful. It can help, it can help you get through a lot of, of, say you have a chronic, you've been diagnosed with a chronic whatever pain and arthritis or whatever it may be. By utilizing the intention of the energy, you can relieve the pain through that process. And okay. it does not have to be very complicated. And Reiki healing energy is simply, well, you know, have you ever had a toothache and you just placed your palm on your cheek and it kind of like the pain went away a little bit? Mm-hmm. Sure. That's how, yeah, that's, that's basically Reiki healing energy. <laughs> 
So it's a very effective, simple process. And that's why I'm excited about it. And, and there's a lot more people plugging into it and practicing it, but it takes time. It, it takes a, a defined focus and finding the time to study Reiki and Tai Chi and Qigong or yoga. And, and I feel that I can provide a platform where people can utilize the techniques in everyday movements where they get the same benefits of Tai Chi and Reiki healing energy and things that they're already doing. So I'm a little bit ahead of my time with how to get that information out and how to build that, that business. So I'm not sure how quite how to build it. So well, let's see if we can <laughs> help part you. Of my let, manifestation. Let, let's see if we can help What's you right that? here because um, obviously from a law of attraction perspective, most of what's involved in building a business is the thought process and the feeling process that goes with right. it. You know? So let's see if we can build that, some of that up now. Like if you were going to let, – let's assume that today is where you, you go full-time into being a Reiki coach and Tai Chi and Qigong and so forth. That, that becomes your main career, okay? And then let's yes. say okay. starting today, looking forward by, say, five years – what does it look like in five okay. years? What does the business look like? What What's happening? What What result have we gotten to? What do you see going on that, that's making you so excited about what has happened over the past five years? I, I envision that uh, traditional uh, doctor in their practice will realize that they can help people in a more natural way and open up more of that in their practice and be able to go in and, and leverage that 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 practice. So that practice becomes more of a, you know, we can help you in other ways besides uh, pharmaceuticals. We can help you. We have this program that we've now brought into our practice and we're seeing great results with it. And we'd like to offer you this opposed to a pill. So you basically see more of that. you, You envision yourself playing the role of being a trainer of the physicians in a sense. An educator, yeah, of going in and, and utilizing uh, already built practices and enhancing them, making them better, having more to offer patients, more resources, more more education about what is it they can do when they're suffering from chronic pain or whatever to be able to utilize this stuff now, like make a decision. You know, I mean, med- medicines, are, you know, are needed when they're needed, but a lot of cases uh, people are, are taking medication um for pain where they could, uh, I mean, I know there's pain management places, but it's still not covering what it is that, you know, healing can do. Okay. It's so, still, it's still some sort of medicine. So I see that, I see that's where my focus is, you know, utilizing wellness centers, bringing them to the next level, working with naturopath doctors and, and bringing their practice to the next level of healing and being a part of all that. And having success with that and having patients have success with that. Now, as we look into the future of five years down the line, um, you have been doing this for five years now and you've become somewhat established in the area. You have a number of clients who are themselves physicians. What are they saying about their experience of what they've learned from you and about what um, you've helped them to achieve with their own practices? What, what are the doctors saying? They're seeing they're seeing a difference in in their patients. They're seeing that they're now able to help the patient instead of just you know uh, putting a band aid over a, a situation, a medical situation. That the patient is actually receiving great results with with what we're doing with them. We're you know working with them one to one, and it may be something uh, in the absorption of 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 what they're taking for supplementation or. Or whatever medication they may be on, maybe they're not absorbing it, and they're seeing success across the board. And there's and more of them are shifting towards wellness opposed to, uh, I guess we can call a standard practice of of treating a patient when they come into a doctor's office. I'm uh, somewhat <laughs> a bit disappointed in in that process. So I really feel strongly that it's time uh, for that to shift. And there's a lot more awareness of that happening, and I'm very confident that it will happen. And I know that I want to be a part of that, so I, I see the success already happen. 
As you look into this five years ahead, um, do you see the physician community that you're working with accepting the ideas easily? Do you see them putting up a lot of resistance? Is it somewhere in between? What, what, what's your vision? What do you expect? And what, what, what's your expectant, uh, position? Your, 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 your feeling of expectancy going forward? Well, I feel that the right person that gets involved it, it will be uh, will find other ways to create their income through through the wellness and and be happy in their life from shifting over from traditional medicine in, into the healing arts, and it, it's going to grow into a vibrant business for all because the paradigm shift is now happening, and a lot more people are are looking for a better way. And just the way that people are treated, I see that there's going to be a lot of relief and less stress uh, on the physician's part and also the, the patient where they come in. And, you know, normally right now you go in, you have 10 or 15 minutes with a patient where you could actually spend a half hour or an hour with them or whatever it may take to get them to where they want to be health wise. Mm -hmm. And I just see that growing very, uh, it's a strong industry. It's, it's, I see it unfolding and, I believe that that's happening, and uh, so I believe that I be a, be, a, be a strong part of that. Everything that we've talked about so far has had to do with influencing physicians to medical people to incorporate the healing arts, Reiki and Tai Chi and so forth, into their practices. Um, is that the extent of, of what it is that you have in mind for your vision, or does your envision – do you envision other things like are you are you teaching classes to the public or are you training other people to become practitioners or or, or is it just are, are you thinking specifically physicians or do you also have a broader vision than that? Well, I see I see a uh, healing arts uh, center as uh, a, a place where you can get educated on all of that. Where yes, you can take classes and and you can get involved at all levels of it you know, mm -hmm. and understand more about it and how to become a practitioner of it and help other people with it and educate other people. And I will continue to run classes and teach Tai Chi techniques and Qigong and, and Reiki healing. And one day have a school within the healing arts community that will teach everybody that, mm. that, that's interested in learning more about it. Mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just the knowing that, you know, you need to educate yourself about it. It's, it's a scary thought to think that, hey, I'm going to stop taking some of these meds that I'm on and trusting that, you know, I'm going to be able to breathe a certain way or, or spend time thinking a certain way and I'm going to heal that way. So it's all about the education of that and, and how to inform people and, and let them experience it and understand it and have success with it. So there will be a training facility. And I'd like to utilize stuff that's already there instead of, you know, building uh, a separate facility, utilize existing facilities somehow. I'm not sure how that will look, mm -hmm. um, but I, I trust that it will unfold because there are a lot of um, healing centers popping up through yoga centers and whatnot, and just maybe taking those out another step, mm -hmm. bringing other things into it. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm also training a lot myself and learning more as I go along to be able to assist others in that and, and train people to train people. It's, uh, I want to pass this knowledge forward. I have over 30 years of experience in this area mm. and, uh, and I learn more every day. So mm -hmm. things shift and change all the time. And uh, it's just, I feel that this is the area that I, that I want to go into and, uh, it will happen. <laughs> I'll make you know. I'll make it happen. <laughs> I'll believe it'll happen. It can happen. Well, what, uh, we, what we've been doing for the last for the last eight, eight to ten minutes or so, what we've been doing is helping you give voice to your dream. And in doing yeah. that, we've been doing what we talked about. We have been building that momentum up. I mean, we we talked yeah. earlier about focusing on seven something for seventeen seconds, and then thirty four and sixty eight and so forth. And after sixty eight seconds, something started to manifest. Well, we're well past sixty eight seconds, Mike. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're many minutes <laughs> well, past that, that. <laughs> so yes and if there's, if there's any practitioners out there that are interested in and 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 how to do more of that with me you can certainly contact me um and we could talk more about that uh absolutely yeah if, and, well, uh, if, if somebody is listening to this how do they reach you tell them well you can reach me at uh 
Mike go now at gmail.com or you could reach me at uh, 203-515-0818. That's my cell phone number. In the US. And uh, mm-hmm. we could share more information about the healing arts because uh, I'm very passionate about that. I love, I love the helping people out with that energy work. And the more I do in that area, the better it is for all of us. And, like we get into a group and we're doing Tai Chi together, the energy that's created in the in that in that room or that space is incredible. It's mm. uh, very powerful, very healing. It's, it's like listening to a choir sing, you know, or it's, it's that energy, it's that that po- positive energy that's that's all around you. It's it's amazing. I really enjoy that part of my career, uh, working with people with the energy work. And younger, I, I worked with a girl the other day. Uh, she's just in like maybe 19, 20 years old, just started college. And uh, she attended one of my classes at the Buttonwood Tree and, and really fell in love with the uh, the understanding of energy. And, and she really caught on well. And she wanted to learn more about a bamboo stick routine that I have created. And I fit her with a bamboo stick and gave her a 20-minute lesson yesterday. And sent her off with her bamboo stick and she just texted me tonight with a picture of, uh, of the stick and, and a great thanks. And she's really having great success with that. So it's, uh, what's what's the story with the bamboo sticks? I mean, interesting little thing you're bringing in there, but you gotta tell us more. You can't just say, Oh, well it's bamboo sticks. We gotta know what you're talking about. (laughs) What, how do you use the bamboo sticks? the (laughs) The bamboo stick is, uh, it, it started with the staff, uh, the staff routine. The staff is a fighting stick. And I found a bamboo stick a long time ago and I was practicing staff, uh, routines and, and I somehow I misplaced my staff. So I found this bamboo stick and I just started twirling it around like I was practicing the staff form. And I realized that using a bamboo stick, it was very light and I was able to use a lot less effort. And the movements with the sticks, now being able to hold the stick, and it was more like Tai Chi, like because the ch- stick is very light, and I could raise the stick up with very little effort. And I started playing around with that, and I created a routine to stretch the body out by utilizing the bamboo stick. And uh, I'm having some great success with that. Um, I've not unleashed too much of it yet. I'm still developing uh, parts of the routine. I have part one finished i will be offering out a video out online uh, probably in the next few months where it'll be accessible and i'll make sure that uh, your podcast listeners will have access to it where it'll be a free uh, little demonstration of uh, what the bamboo stick can do as far as stretching your body out and uh, and we'll see where that goes so <laughs> it's stuff like that that i work on so and i i tried it out with a few uh of my uh, students and we're having great results with it. And so that's what the bamboo stick is. It's a, it's a, it allows you to utilize the stick to stretch your body out in a way that you would not be able to without the stick. Okay. So simple as these simple movements. Yeah. mm -hmm. You would have to actually experience it to understand it, but (laughs) in really simple terms, it's just, (laughs) the bamboo is a very uh, strong, uh, plant it's a strong stick it's light and it's um it's just an amazing uh tool and it just kind of happened <laughs> so i'm very uh i'm very blessed to be able to to have that to work with and uh and that's part of the healing arts too you know just finding other resources to help people so we started off talking about uh where's my stuff and you know, why, why, why hasn't it shown up and so forth? But we evolved it into a session on how to how to focus on what it is that you want to bring into your life and how to stay with that focus and describe it and give it taste and texture and color and and feel and in the process of doing that make it real. So in that yeah. context, as you look back on the original topic, now what does it feel like to think about well, where is my stuff? Does it feel any different to you? Does it feel like somehow that isn't uh, the the sticky problem that it seemed earlier on in the conversation? Well, yes, things do feel a lot different now. Um, and realizing that 
you know, you have to get out of your own way. And I put myself in my own way, like maybe a lot of us do. And it feels like I have moved forward and really enjoyed this whole interaction with you, Walt. And, uh, so you start to get out of your own way. That's really what the big benefit is. You start to get out of your own way. That's a good thing. You're starting to get out of my own way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm guilty of that. I know that about myself and, and I'm, and it's, it's happening less and less and, 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 and utilizing these techniques that we talk about really helps. It, uh, we also I'm talked about the, uh, we also talked about the mirror exercises and how effective they are in helping to build up, you know, how we feel about ourselves and so forth. One thing that I found was very helpful to me, you might want to incorporate that when you start doing them, if you, decide to follow through, like you said you were going to do, um, you might want to try incorporating different ways of expressing what you tend to experience as you try to apply all this stuff. Um, for instance, just in the last okay. few minutes, you were saying to me, you know, various different ways, you were, in, in various different forms, you were saying, well, I'm guilty of this, or I trip over that, or I have problems with this. Maybe part of, of the mirror exercise is giving yourself credit for what you get right instead of, you know, tripping over stuff. Instead of, you know, getting a little exactly. bit tough on yourself for, oh, I don't, I, I get this wrong, I don't do that part right, and all, all that kind of thing. Maybe it's about changing the self-dialogue so that you give yourself credit for all the things you do well. That is important, and you're absolutely right. We need to do more of that, and uh, and I'm aware of that, and I do practice that more. I, That's I, good. I talked about the things that I do trip up, but I do congratulate myself on the little things. And, and I do trip up a lot less than, than I used to. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> and really knowing cool. that, knowing that is very powerful. And I really, uh, appreciate all that advice because it is true. And you need to be reminded of that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sometimes on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> Your verbiage of how you talk about yourself is key. How you think about yourself, what you say about yourself, how you feel. It's all important. Well, when you do the mirror exercises, when you once you start doing them daily, um, you're going to find mm-hmm. that you, you'll talk about yourself less like that. It's not like something that right. will even be an effort. Just because you do the right. mirror exercises, and they only take a couple minutes every morning, uh, but just because you do those mirror exercises, the way that you talk about yourself will just naturally change because you've been implanting new ideas in your own head, in your own subconscious new mind habits. about who you are. And yeah. about how you feel about yourself. Right. So, so you'll tend to cut yourself more slack. I think you'll find that you'll cut, right. give yourself more of a break. That's what I've been finding anyway. In fact, the only mistake I made, uh, Mike, was mm-hmm. I took a yeah. break. I stopped doing them. I mean, I, I had done them for like three okay. months in a row and then I stopped. And I got to get back to doing them. I, oh, I've been doing them, I've been doing them irregularly, but I got to get back to doing them regularly because it does make a big difference. No doubt. Well, here's a question for you all. Um, would you brush your teeth before you talked into the mirror? <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, I don't even include them in the same hour. They're just not part of the same process at all. <laughs> okay, you just get right into it. You get up and get right into that mirror work. Okay? I really do, yeah. I, I, I will walk out of the bedroom, you know, down the hall and into the, the office where I have the mirror set up, and I'll just go right to the mirror work. I don't even waste any time. <laughs> oh, okay. Wherever there's a mirror, you'll just jump right in and practice there the techniques is. of the mirror work. Okay. By the so way, another little uh, clue for you. There have been times where I was away from home or you know, I just couldn't get to it in the morning. I needed to get to it in the afternoon, but there wasn't a mirror handy. A smartphone uh-huh. works great because you know how smartphones oh. have the camera built in to do a selfie? That same oh. camera is great for doing mirror work with. Okay, so there's no excuse. Because <laughs> you can see yourself, right? When you're doing a selfie, you can see yourself right. in, in in the the screen. Well, that's like looking in a right. mirror. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You, just, you just eliminated the excuse. Well, there's no mirror around. That's well, you right. Have one in your hand. So. Yeah, that's all gone. So that's, so great. that's it. You're done. That. <laughs> so you'll have to come back next time, next week, and tell us how it's going with the mirror work. I will. I will keep you informed with that. And, and uh, somehow I think Amory uh, blew us off this evening here as well. <laughs> but I enjoyed uh, t- spending the whole time with you. So I enjoyed great. it and, too. Uh, I'm so glad that you did it. And I'm glad that we had the time. And I'm, I look forward to uh, the next time the four of us, you, me, Louise, and Anne-Marie, get out and have some dinner and close out a, close down a restaurant again. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Let's do that. we got to do that. <laughs> Thank we you very much. Well, all right. And we'll did. see you all next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>